This episode is sponsored by Harvest. I used Harvest to track time, track subcontractors' time, and invoice clients. Their time tracking is really simple and easy to use. Invoicing includes a pay now function by credit card and PayPal, and you can sign up at getharvest.com. Use the code RF to get 50% off your first month. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of the Ruby Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Eric Davis. Hey. We also have Jeff Schoolcraft. What's up? And I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And this week we're going to do kind of a book review on Get Clients Now. Um, I got some feedback um, from Eric mainly that basically he, he pointed out that, that when we talked to CJ Hayden, it was kind of an interview style podcast and we didn't actually review the book. And I, I kind of agree with him. And so um, I thought we could just talk through the book and, and what we thought and what we like and what we don't like and things like that. So um, do you what what part of the book do you guys think was the most um, most important or most influential for you guys? Yeah, it's kind of hard. I, I'd say there's two things to it. Um, one was kind of the breaking up into different strategies. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like the the different stages. So like, you know, you're going to use direct contact or you're going to use advertising strategies. And then where are you stuck? Like, are you stuck filling the pipeline, following up or actually closing stuff? Um, that was really big to me to kind of see it as different stages. The other big part is, I can't remember what it's called, it's like the daily worksheet you do, where you, right. you fill it out and then every day you come in and say, yes, I did this, yes, I did this, no, I didn't do this. And I found that was really useful because I was using it every day and I used it, I think, for like four or five months at least. So, you know, it was something that I had the most, most experience with, most contact with. And that, you know, doing that kind of like helps you get feedback and figure out like, okay, am I actually doing what I say I'm doing or am I just, you know, lying to myself saying I'm actually marketing when I'm not? Right. What about you, Jeff? What what part did you like the best? Um, <clears throat> sorry, I think the. I mean, that tracking worksheet definitely helps, and the uh, the goal, all the worksheets help. Like I said on the interview version of this, that the cookbook recipe based approach really clicks with me. And sort of the beginning, so the book is broken up into three parts. Uh, the first part is basically about marketing and why you need to do it, and the second part is about the get clients now system, and the third part. I think basically walks you through the 30 days and how someone might do get clients now. And so if you've come to the book with any amount of marketing knowledge, whether you think you know how to market or not, but you, you've probably heard a bunch of people say that you need to whatever have a website or do social media or speak or whatever. So it's easy to, you have some of these ideas rolling around in your head. And then when she just lays out in sort of a, a simple and easy way, mapping all those things that you've heard into her system and it sort of made marketing click for me. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was probably, and I guess that's the system part of the book. That's probably the, the best part for me. Yeah. I, I think the thing for me, and I, I'm pretty sure I brought this up during the interview portion was, um, just the, the, the follow-up, you know, and follow-up's kind of central to the whole system. Um, you know, that that really kind of drove things home to me. I mean, I'm I'm pretty lazy when it comes to a lot of that stuff. And, and just to know that I need to proactively go out and, and uh, you know, touch base with people and, and follow up with them and things like that. It, it really makes it, you know, it, I don't know, it, it made me more aware of what I was doing and what I wasn't doing and, and the parts where my process kind of falls apart. So, you know, it, for me, it, it updated that in, in, well, it, it informed that in, in a very uh, clear way for me. And, and I don't know why I missed it before, but I did. So it also focuses, I think the thing for me, the 28 day 
marketing plan fits very nicely with all the, or most current, or I guess current and even some past thought on how to instill habits and the fact that this is, this is something you have to do all the time and marketing is not a single activity that you do and check off and then you're done with it. I mean, this is a daily thing and that so the tracker helps with that, but I mean, it's nice to see that laid out too. It's not this giant nebulous cloud of stuff, <clears throat> stuff you need to do. It's you have to every day you have to perform a couple of actions, and that'll get you closer to your marketing goals, whatever those are. Yeah, and it's also it's not like a, a checklist of here's all the stuff you have to do, but it's like you need to do these things every day or every week, like the the repetition, and that's that's really where marketing works good is when you keep doing the same thing over and over. Instead of like just going off in different directions all the time. Yeah, one other thing for me that that really stood out too was that uh, like for my coding and for things like that, I have systems around how I handle certain things. And this kind of helps you set up a system and then use it so that you can figure out what's working and what isn't working for you. And uh, so it highlights a lot of the things that make it work. And so then as you're working through the worksheet and you're doing it every day, you start to figure out, okay, you know, this this really works for me. This kind of doesn't work for me. You know, this this is what makes the difference for bringing more prospects in. This is what makes more different a, a bigger difference when I'm trying to follow up with people, you know, or whatever you're focusing on. And you can start to incorporate that into a system that you continue to work with um, throughout the 28 days. And then, you know, you can either start the, the cycle over or maybe you just stick with what you've been doing because, you know, it, it is working for you. Yeah. And I got the, I'm going to call it follow-up book but it's kind of its own thing it's like it's called the one person marketing plan that she wrote um it's so get clients now it's you know four week program the one person marketing plan is kind of like a three to six month program um where you plan out kind of in more depth it's almost the same system you use a lot of the same uh techniques and strategies but it's nice because you know get clients now like you kind of get in the repetition over you know four weeks but if it's like blogging or like in your case truck podcasting like if that really works for you using the longer program you kind of schedule that stuff out and you actually have like this is a core marketing strategy that you do for the you know the next six months to a couple years down the road as long as it still works yeah makes sense well and it can also inform things that you're already doing so you know like you said you can see that it's working and things like that but um and you can plan it out but the nice thing is is then you can start to you know fiddle with what you're doing and fine-tune it to to make it better yeah one thing i found is part of the program you kind of set a goal of like uh i want x many sales or i want x many leads and at first you know this was like right when i started my business i was like okay i want to get x dollars in sales a month and the problem with that is like I was working on trying to get leads in. And so getting leads in doesn't actually directly contribute to the dollars. And sometimes in software, it takes a couple of months before you get the first contact to actually when you get a contract or when you get the first contact until you get the contract and then when you get paid. And so I found really quickly that having you have to change your goals. And if you have a goal that's like getting paid, you have to make sure that you're focusing on like the last stage versus mm-hmm. My goal would be, you know, I want to get 20 people to contact me and send a proposal out for each of them. That's kind of an earlier stage and it's a better goal. Right. And so that that was something interesting I learned after a few months because I kept failing on my goals and I was like, oh, why is this happening? And it was because I was setting the wrong goal. Yeah, that makes sense. 
One other thing I thought was cool in the book is that it has, for example, I'm trying to remember what chapter it was. I think it was chapter six or seven. Um, but it goes through and it has like a little thing that you read every day of the 28 step plan. And so it says, this is what we're going to do this day. And this is what we're going to do this day. And, and, you know, here's what I need to think about today. And here's how I adjust my goals if they're not working for me and things like that. And I, I really thought that was uh, a nice thing that you could just get into and, and use to stick with your, with your uh, plan. Yeah. Cause it has like, like you said, checkpoints of like, you know, at this point you should be halfway towards your goal. If you're not, maybe you should adjust your goal or change your goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it gives you pointers on how to keep with the program and um, how to make the most of it. And so it's like today, this is the plan and tomorrow, this is the plan. And, you know, if, if yesterday you only did this well, then then today you should be trying to do this well. Yeah, that was a big point. I was trying to look for that one, but I was looking for uh, an example. She does try to take care of like the negative aspect of, of the programs. So you've been going at it for in the beginning, especially the first few days. So you've been doing this for five or six days and maybe you haven't gotten anybody to respond or something. I thought she did that somewhere, but it's your examples. Mm-hmm. What I was looking for. Yeah. One one other thing that I really liked was that she goes into um, in the later chapters what you need for each stage. So I was reading through the follow up stuff yesterday and um, you know, it's telling you that you need, of course, it says, it says like a brochure, a 30 minute or 30 second commercial um, and things like that. But a, a lot of that, you know, you just translate that over to the web or whatever you're using. And, you know, so for me, it really did boil down to, hey, you know, I do need a website and I do need this and I do need this other thing. And, you know, the, the 30 second commercial was something that I really, you know, was thinking about, you know, okay, what, what am I after? What am I really going to put in here to, you know, target the people that I want and, and just stuff like that. And so, you know, it, it really brought, brought to the forefront, you know, some of the things that I've kind of not, um, not really been focused on that, that I need to get done. Yeah. And like you said, like the 30 second, I don't, it's not called a commercial, but it's something um, I use that as kind of like, you know, right on my homepage of like the byline or tagline or whatever. And, you know, like the elevator pitch that you hear about. So it's a lot of the stuff like you might have to translate it because, you know, there isn't, I don't think there's anything about social media in here um, and all this and that, but there's stuff about going to networking meetings, which if you do it right, social media could be a networking meeting if you plan it. And so you kind of have to adapt things, but it pretty much covers all the different types of things you would do. Yeah. Yeah. I have to admit, I haven't quite finished the entire, the entire book. Um, and so there are sections of it that I haven't read yet, but, uh, you know, it, I I just kind of got through the main part where it talks about, um, why you need to market and how to put the plan together and how to implement the plan. And then I read through about half of the, um, daily readings. And then I started reading the, um, follow-up stuff. And it was just because I was reading the stuff that was really pertinent to where I was at. And, um, you know, it, it really is well laid out and it really gives you all the pieces you need for the plan. And, and I fully intend actually after my 28 days to go back and, you know, go through the same process again on some of the other areas. So, um, you know, right now I'm focusing on follow-up, you know, I plan to go back and then do something like gathering leads and then, you know, do the, the later stages of the cycle as well. Yeah. And I tell people a lot of time, this isn't a book you really read from cover to cover. I think you, you can probably go through about 90 some odd pages of it of like, read this before to set up the system. And then you have the daily stuff, which you can read, you know, every day, like the little paragraph or two paragraphs. And then like the last half of the book's kind of a reference. So like you said, Chuck, you're doing, you're working on the follow-up. So the follow-up chapter, you're probably going to want to read and, you know, get some ideas from that. But if you're working on like the closing chapter, or if you're working on closing, you just got to read the closing chapter. You don't have to read the follow-up chapter right away. And so it's kind of like a, a reference book in the last half. 
Yeah, it makes sense. And and that's really the case. It just, you know, it, it was hard for me, especially with the daily things, since I wasn't, you know, into the program yet to, to read it all. And so reading it cover to cover, you know, it just really didn't make sense for me. But yeah, exactly what you said. It just, you know, you, you read the parts that are that make sense to what you're doing. And then you just you figure out where, where you want to go and go. So were there any other things in the book that kind of leapt out at you? Um, are, are you guys doing the 28-day cycle again? I know you've done this before. I'm currently not doing anything, and I need to I need to do it again. And I've, I started it, uh, I actually kind of adapted it for Chirk, so more product marketing. Right. I got about halfway through it, and then just uh, with the newborn around, I couldn't stay up on it. Um, I'm actually... I'm all set up and planned for the her other book, the One Person Marketing Plan, because that's more of a monthly one. Um, I have everything set up for that. I've started working on that, and I'm doing it actually twice, once for Chirk again for the product side, and then also for the consulting services side. Right. Consulting services? Yeah, like custom software, you know, oh, okay. that kind of stuff. All right. I just wanted to make sure it was, you know, that we understood where you were headed. Um, so were there any things that you guys didn't like about the book? Besides the cover on the older edition? <laughs> yes. Um, one thing I didn't like, and this is more, I keep forgetting about it. The 28 day cycle, I have to check. I think it starts on a Saturday. Um, and like on the weekends, you don't do anything, they're rest days. So you don't, you know, it's more of just like, you know, reflection and stuff. But it always confuses me. And I always like Monday morning, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start. And then I look at it, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm actually should be on day three now. And so that part I don't like about it. Um, and then I'm trying to think, oh, the other thing, it might be on there, but I haven't found it, is a lot of the worksheets you can print out. But mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff, especially for you know developers, like you're gonna you're working with numbers, you're probably gonna want to put it in Excel or Google Docs. And so not having templates that you can reuse each time is kind of a bummer for me. And so I actually think I ended up creating them all, you know, from scratch. And it's something you can do, and I might be able to share if I still have them somewhere. But that's kind of like I wish there's like you know a CD or you go to the site and like download the forms or whatever. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing that it, it would be nice to have some kind of like software or something that would just handle that for you. You know, even if it is just Excel. Yeah, I've actually looked into software, but I mean, even as um, I think all that comes with the and nothing comes with a book. I mean, you just get the book, and I think on her website you can download the worksheets, but they're all PDF, I believe. I don't think they're yeah, they're any other thing. Yeah, they're PDF. I think she had another. It was like Word doc or something. But oh yeah, she has a she has a tracking worksheet in Excel now. I don't know how long it's been there. Yeah, but the PDF isn't editable, so you know it doesn't have little fields or whatever to fill in. So it um. It isn't exactly what you need. Um, I'm trying to look here. Yeah, so it's Word and Excel for the action worksheet and the tracking worksheet. Um, and then you can get them in PDF as well. But the PDFs you have to print and fill out by hand. And I've also been thinking that it'd be nice to get maybe something a little bit bigger than just a, a standard sheet size so that I can pin it to my wall and have it, you know, big enough to where I can actually, you know, sit back and look at it and think about it. Yeah, and actually, if you do that right and print it out and then laminate it, you could just reuse it, especially the 28-day part of the program. Yeah, that makes sense. problem with me is I can't read my own handwriting, so I can't do that. <laughs> Should be able to get it printed. I mean, there's got to be enough online print places you could get that dummied up pretty quickly, I would imagine. Yeah, probably. 
Um, I've thought about actually just uh, finding some way of getting it onto my whiteboard, but I, I don't want to draw it up there by hand. I think that's way too much work. So I'll, I'll figure it out one way or the other. But yeah, I, I want it right in front of me and I want it right in front of me, like not necessarily on my computer either. I mean, what, what would ideally work for me is something where I just like have it on my iPad or something. So I just go into marketing mode and I just pull it up and I get, I guess I could do the same thing on my computer, but anyway, I don't know. It's easier to get distracted on the computer probably. Yes. Yeah, I have all kinds of goodies and distractions on my computer. So, um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, and and the the starting on Saturday thing did throw me off, but it doesn't super bother me yet. So I don't know. Maybe if I if I start this cycle a couple of times, maybe it'll get to me. But yeah, um, I was trying to look for that. I don't. Maybe I just blew it off. It never occurred to me that you were supposed to start on Saturday. Just 28 days. Oh, uh, yeah, it says Saturday is a great day to begin. Right. But but like Saturday, it's basically telling you to pull everything together and be ready to, to really get going on Monday. So I yeah. guess you could just start it on Monday. You just have to do Saturday and Sunday stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, the problem for me is like, because I would use these templates in the computer as you'd put in the date for each day and it does actually show the weekdays. And so... I would spend like 15, 20 minutes putting in the date, skipping weekends, and then would get started and be like, oh, all my dates are wrong. Now I got to change it. Right. And so I've I've done that three or four times. And so it's like, that, that's why it's an annoyance. And it's really, you can get by. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's probably only a penalty you have to pay the first cycle too. Unless you forget like me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anything else you guys didn't like about the book? I don't think so. I don't, There wasn't a lot of marketing fluff and like feel good speak in here. I mean, it was a pretty, I mean, the first two. And so, like I said, the three parts of the book, the first two parts are the why and the how. And then this, the last part is a bunch of extra reading you can do to fill in the gaps if you need help with whichever the six areas of focus you're looking at. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't think there was, there wasn't a ton of, this is an elite culture and you're going to, only certain people can do marketing. I mean, I thought it was pretty down to earth written. I mean, plain speak type book. I mean, I thought it was, it's always one of my most recommended marketing books, I think. Yeah. It's written in a way where it's like, teaching you marketing but it knows that you're not going to be a marketing expert it's it's just enough that you need to get going and get it going and get your business up and running right because you don't have to be a marketing expert you just have to do enough to get clients coming in so yep. so uh i'm a little curious eric how, how are you adapting it toward product sales then um well she says in her book a couple times like you know that's the system isn't made for products and so um you don't have, I mean, unless you're doing like enterprise product sales, you don't really have a lot of the the high touch, like the the process for someone buying one of my books. It, they don't contact me, say they, they would like to buy my book. I follow up with them. I just give them a proposal to buy the book and then I close the sale. You know, it's, it's a one click, like add to cart, buy thing. Right. So you have to adapt the strategies there. Um, and then some of the way the marketing is, like some of the tactics are like, figuring out like what you as a consultant or as a developer, what services you're providing. And so you kind of have to adapt that like, okay, this product solves this problem, but what does that really do? Like, how does that help the customer? So some of it is like really far and you can't use it. And some of it's like really close and like you just kind of have to productize it a little bit. Um, Realistically, it wasn't that hard. I think the the biggest thing was trying to come up with a good uh, goal metric of like, how do I know how I'm doing? And I think f- when I did it for one of my books, I actually did it for like how many people were visiting. 
because you, like I said earlier, you can't really control how people buy. Like even with something simple like a book, you can't really say like, I'm going to do these marketing things and it's going to make this many sales. You can say, I can do these marketing things and they will have this many people come to the site and then who knows how many are going to buy. Right. So that's kind of, that's the adjustments I've made. Um, it's not perfect, but I like it just because it's the a 28 day routine that you get in. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, the, the parts where you're actually interacting in person with the client or potential client, you just move that into, you know, your online system where they interact with the, the marketing system you've set up online. I'm assuming most of the marketing activities are online to give you some way to, I'm doing this and I can track the result because I'm getting so many more hits to the landing page or something like that. Yeah, for me, I mean, even in my services side, like almost all of my stuff is online type marketing. Um, it's just, that's where I work good. And even, even if there wasn't metrics, it's just, that's where I'm comfortable and familiar. And that's where a lot of my customers are, you know, cause one of my books is for programmers. One of my books is for kind of IT people or technical people using software. And so, you know, it's, it's people who are online are comfortable online and all that. Yeah. Well, and they're buying your book online. So it's not like they're ordering a physical copy of your book. Yeah. So, you know, all of the interaction happens online, including the sale anyway. So um, let, let's talk a little bit about the one person marketing plan for a minute. I'm a little curious about that. I, I haven't actually looked at it. I probably should. Um, should you go through get clients now first? Yeah. I mean, one person marketing plan builds up on it. Kind of like I said, get clients now is a four week, you know, basically a month program. One person marketing plan is like a six month. Like you're basically figuring out six get clients now in a row, but it also has a lot of highly technical budgeting. Like you have this many hours available and this many dollars available for marketing each month. You need to get, what is it, X number of prospects, which would be X number of proposals. And so it's a lot more analysis. And I think if you tried to jump into it without knowing get clients now, you get overwhelmed or you would make a lot of really bad assumptions about how the marketing system works. Yeah, because get clients now, you just pick what you want to do or you think you'd be interested in doing for a month just to get you to start marketing and get through the cycle. I mean, you have a monthly goal, but it's sort of a pie in the sky, pull this out of the air type goal. It's not metric driven. And the one person marketing plan, you basically look at, uh, do you look at a whole year? Or do you just look at three to six months? Whatever you look at, you break it down into uh, monthly goals. And then based on how much time different marketing activities take and how long and how effective those marketing activities are, you can see how much. So that's part of it. And then another part of it is how much time you have to market. So if you're if you work 10 hours a day just on client work and you're trying to add an hour a day in marketing, then you have to be able to effectively apply that one hour a day. And if it's whatever, I don't have a good example off the top of my head, but if you've got that one hour and you've got six or seven different marketing activities, this the one person marketing plan basically lets you figure out how effective each of those are to support your goals. So it's sort of after you understand how to do the marketing, then to actually make this a permanent system for like year long, half year activity based on how much time you have and how much revenue goals you want to support. It's definitely math driven. Mm -hmm. I mean, another thing is like, if you haven't done marketing before, you might kind of think like it's not not that hard or it's not going to be much harder than development. And from personal experience, I can sit down and on a good day do six to eight hours of coding, you know, like solid end to end marketing. I can barely do three to four hours in a stretch and it's, 
it's a different skill, takes different amounts of energy and I get tired out. Like I'm just like, I want to go pass out on a couch. And so if you haven't done a lot of marketing and didn't go through Get Clients Now a couple times, you might think like, oh yeah, I can I can put in three hours of marketing a day. That's nothing. And then when you actually start doing it, you're like, wow, this is too much. I can maybe do an hour. Mm-hmm. And so it, the one person marketing plan, like Jeff says, uses a lot of metrics. And so if you build this plan based on the assumption that you're going to put in three hours a day, it's going to fall apart if you realize you can actually physically only do an hour a day. Right. So we were talking on the interview show. In fact, I just listened to it not not very long ago. Um, and Eric or Evan mentioned that that you guys recommended it to him. How did you guys find the book? I found it from Eric. He's the genesis in our group. <laughs> so um, let me look at my dates here. I started my business um, June 2007. Uh, basically, we, when we moved up to Oregon. And right around that time, I was like, I have a budget. And I think I had like a $200 budget to start my business. And I was trying to figure like, okay, I need to learn marketing. I, I, I knew, had enough business sense to know that marketing is how I would start making sales. And so having a $200 budget, I actually just went to the library, went through the marketing sections, picked out, actually get clients now and book yourself solid. Brought those home, read those, and Book Yourself Solid is a really great book, but it's a lot more planning and longer term. Whereas Get Clients Now is like, you know, you do the work and basically within three days you can you start marketing. And so I jumped into it, got Get Clients Now, got the system going, actually renewed that book from the library like for th- I think three months before they give it back. <laughs> got that going, got got a couple clients, and then I think after a couple of months, I my business took off to the point where it's like, okay, this could be a full-time thing for me. And then around that time, I actually bought the book and I've recommended it to Jeff and Evan. And um, I've actually bought it for two or three other people who were kind of struggling with marketing. And we're like hemming and hawing about like, well, I don't know if that book's going to help me because I've read other books. And so I actually bought it for them, gave it to them. And they're like, wow, this actually works. And, you know, just basically talk about it whenever people ask about, I'm starting a business, how do I do marketing? And even outside of software, I mean, because it's basically anyone who does service businesses can benefit from this. Right. So um, I'm I'm starting to wonder too then, um, so what kind of results have, have you seen from it? Like how, how quickly do you usually see clients coming in due to you following the, the process? Because I'm still in the first, you know, first few days of my cycle. So um, I'll have to look back. I actually posted a lot of these on my blog. Like I was actually posting like a monthly review of like, this is how the Get Clients Now program worked. Here's my goal. Here's how I did towards my goal. Here's how much I made, all that. Um I think it took a month of kind of just figuring out what I was doing in business. But then I think the next month I started making sales and these were smaller contracts. These were maybe uh, like a week or two part-time level, but you know, that's enough to kind of get the ball rolling. And I think one of the clients I got from doing the get clients now system is actually still a current client. So we're looking at five years now. Oh, wow. What about you, Jeff? I Honestly, I can't remember. I probably I want to say it was two or three weeks into it, but I've been through it a few times. And depending on what you're, uh, what you're doing through the cycle, like there's a point where I was, I'd spend like a half hour searching Twitter for people that were looking for Rails freelancers or Ruby freelancers, and 
that's a desperate enough medium that uh, you can find and close a deal fairly quickly, like in a few days, if if everything works out on both sides. But I mean, that's a fairly easy medium to do. And so I, I'm sure there's, I've gotten a bunch of clients off of Twitter and uh, that happens pretty quickly in the beginning. But so to do the more traditional stuff, uh, that probably starts rolling in around week two or week three. But again, it depends on what your marketing activities are going to be. And uh, I mean, it's not uh, not a silver bullet or anything. I mean, you have to have the other parts of the system worked out too. I mean, I'm not saying that you don't, but anybody listening, it, just doing these, if you send out enough, if lead generation, filling your pipeline is your focus, then you have to be able to close the deal eventually. But I mean, you can stuff your pipeline if you're not doing a good job at follow-up or just getting back to people, which is follow-up, I guess. But if you're not doing a good job at that, I mean, you're not going to be very successful. Right. Yeah, and that's actually kind of a problem I ran into off and on is like, Almost all the time when I do this, I do it when I see my pipelines drying up. And so it's almost always filling the pipeline lead gen stuff. And so I start it, do a bunch of it. And then, you know, over the next few months, I get the results coming in. And I'm good enough at following up and giving proposals and closing sales that I don't really do those stages. And so I end up having this huge swamp of people that want my work. And then I have to like decline a lot of people. And it's nice. I mean, it's a good problem to have. But at the same time, I think if I was actually put more time into the other phases, other stages of it, then, you know, it might be a more regular business. Because I think Jeff's written about this. It's like the feast and famine cycle of all this work, you know, working like 10, 12 hour days. And then the next month you have like no work at all. And then it goes back to a whole bunch of work. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen some ebb and flow based on, you know, how how diligent I am about finding clients and, and things like that and, and following up and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's just part of it. It happened to be a cycle. I mean, it has to be an everyday thing because if you let it, you let it slip because you're so focused on doing client work so you can get paid, then it's easy to find yourself with the empty pipeline or looking bored because you have nothing to do for a week or two or a month, whatever it is. Right. As opposed to having a system that continually brings people in. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so do you guys have a system in place now that you follow or is, is this something that you pick up then when you kind of have some, some downtime? <laughs> I'm not, I'm the first to admit I'm as not, I am not very rigorous in my application of the system or of any business system or marketing plan. And having just admitted that, I probably won't get any more clients. But uh, no, I don't. This is something that comes and goes. I mean, I'm in. I'm sort of taking a break. I mean, I hit it pretty hard for a while, but I've I've got uh, a long term contract that comes and goes in three month. Or it gets renewed in three month cycles. And for now, I'm just taking a break and doing the work. And I mean, it'll come. It might bite me in the end if I don't get something started. But right now, I'm just taking a break. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, marketing is a lot of work, so it makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, I'm kind of the same. Like, I, I did it consistently for a while, got a lot of work in, and then kind of cut it down because, like I said, it's like got so many leads. Like, I couldn't even reply to email for a couple of days, or not days, <laughs> a couple of weeks. Like, I was just like, oh, this is a lead. Put it in this bucket. I can't even go through and figure out what they want right now. Um, and I kind of scaled it down a little bit. And I guess this most of this year, I've had two decent sized contracts. And so they're long-term six month, 12 month contracts don't really need many new leads. I mean, I have it where my business needs it. Um, I'm going to, I've been doing it for product stuff, but products, like I said, it's a little different and I haven't been hitting that as hard as I want. Um, I'm doing more now. Like I'm, I've got the, the one person marketing plan. I'm all set up for that. And I'm hoping to kind of, kind of figure out the balance of like, 
too much marketing, no marketing, you know, get that just right area. And mm-hmm. I think once I can figure that out for me and my business, then then I can stay on it. Um, some of the stuff stuck is habits like writing and um, doing open source is kind of the habits I have now. But the whole system as a whole, it's I've I changed it so much because I was experimenting that it didn't really stick. Right, right. So it'll be interesting, I think, for me to just see how much of this really uh, um, stays with me. I, I have um, started using a CRM, um, and I've been working on some of the other things that she says are like success ingredients. Is that what they were? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so having a web page and, and uh, having the 30-second, what, what was it, 30-second pitch or whatever it is, you know, and just, just making sure that I have that down and know how I'm going to target folks. And, and I think I'm probably going to, um, like I said, you know, work on the follow-up here for the next 28 days and then switch over and probably work on bringing in more leads and and building my business that way. Yeah, I mean, I think realistically, like once you know the program, you could probably start picking from every bucket, you know, so you don't have the problem I had or like you talk about Chucky of the follow-up stuff. Like, you know, you can do a a couple things for, you know, fill in the pipeline, a couple things for follow-up, a couple things for closing and kind of have a more variety. Yeah. Um, You know, and that's kind of the balance, but it's like, especially as freelancers like that's it's hard to get to a balanced state with any system just because everything's up in the air at all times yeah the other the other thing that i've been looking at with this system is how much of it can i push off onto my va and Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard because you know the things like the follow-up and stuff i really want to have that connection with my clients or with the potential clients and so i don't feel like i can really hand a lot of that off to my va and so um, the follow-up stuff, at least, has been pretty hands-on for me, stuff that I have to do. And um, I wonder about things like, you know, getting leads. You know, how much of that can I push off on my VA versus, you know, how much of that do I have to do myself? So, for example, um, if I'm going to write a blog post about something that's, you know, technical or whatever, I really can't have my VA do that. And, you know, but maybe I can have him do some of the syndication and things like that on social networks and stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'm still figuring that out, too. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Jeff can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the one person marketing plan touches on that a bit in that it says like, what kind of resources do you have? Like if it's just you, obviously if you're going to make a blog post, you've got to come up with the ideas, write it and do all the promotion. But if you have a staff of like one or two people, you might still have to do the writing if you want to be, you know, you want your voice, but you can have someone else research the ideas. You can have someone else do all the promotion and all that. And so that's why it's kind of like the the one person marketing plan. You have like the time budgets, and you have to figure out like, okay, you have this much budgeted of your time and this much budget of, of different staff people's time. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of yeah. I mean, keeping it with like get clients now though. What I found is like I do a lot of writing, and so the writing stuff, yeah. It takes a couple hours to get a blog post, like a good one out, but that could pay back later and later. Mm -hmm. And in my case, like doing open source, like it would take 10, 20, maybe 30 hours to write an open source plugin for Redmine or Chili Project. But at the same time, I mean, I I wrote one, I think four years ago, and I'm still getting people talking to me about it and saying, hey, I want you to, to, I want to, we want to pay you to add on to it. And so some of the things, like especially if you don't have time, like they're a higher leverage and you can do it once and get your results for the next you know, few months or years. And if you can kind of get in a cycle of doing that, that can really build up stuff. Yeah, There's another thing. I was just on Quora, Q-U-O-R-A, however you say that site. And then I was just reading a question. It's what's a good, is there a good invoicing plugin for Redmine? And yes, Eric wrote it, but... 
So, I mean, that's uh, sort of reinforces what he just said, but also, Chuck, it's something that uh, you're not in the plug-in game yet, but it's something that a VA could be doing for Eric is just watching Stack Overflow or watching Quora or any of the question and answer sites for stuff that's relevant to your topic. And so you're not doing a lot of the searching, you're just doing the answering. Or if it's something that you don't even have to answer, if somebody could just point to, here's the plugin on Eric's site or whatever, then that's that's something your VA could do. Yeah, the that, other, that's true. The other thing I've been thinking about uh, is just more from a follow-up standpoint to not follow up in the terms of uh, get clients now and what you do with your customers, but have uh, my VA follow up with me to make sure I'm sticking to the plan. And that's if I have somebody else to hold me accountable to it and say, are you... Did you do this, this, or whatever? Every day, if it's every day, then that's money well spent, in my opinion, because it's easier for me to just blow it off if it's just me watching my back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the accountability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One well, another thing, like I don't see freelancers doing it that much, mostly because it's one person. You, a lot of them don't have personal assistants or whatever. But like Evan, it's bad that Evan's not here because I could tie it in with his stuff. But I know he does a lot of startup type work. So if he had an assistant, he could actually have the assistant go out to, you know, Y Combinator, like who they funded and all the, all the new angels, like who, what the new businesses are coming up, collect data on these companies and these products. And Evan can actually do, you know, a cold call email or whatever to him saying, hey, I'm here if you guys need help. And a VA can do 90% of that legwork for him. And then it's just along the lines of like, okay, every week I need to email two people or whatever. And I mean, that's marketing, but you can outsource kind of the, the non-personal aspects of it. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. There are a bunch of, there are a bunch of those state of startup type blogs. I know Vader's one and there's Angel List or something and all the crunch based stuff. Who just got funded? Who's looking for funding? Whatever. Yeah, and I mean that can be for anything. Like if if people are looking at like, say you're a designer, you're just doing local business stuff. Um, you can get access to the government list of new business registries. So if you make logos, you. I mean, this happened to to us when we had the baby. We got a whole bunch of email about baby stuff because we registered a new person being born. So if a new company gets formed, they might need a logo, they might need a branding package, they might need a website. You can contact them, and you know that's that's a marketing activity that someone else can do, and you can just put the final touch on there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that local chamber of commerce. I mean, mine does every. They put out a directory every year, but then every month you get like uh, one or two sheets that are updated with new businesses that joined uh, the chamber, so you could see. You could have someone go out and see if they're an established business like a Lockheed Martin and they're just trying to increase their presence everywhere or if they're a new business and trying to expand their their reach or get involved in a game or whatever. This is another place to look. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. Well, I, I think we're just about out of time. Um, do we want to get to the picks? Sure. Um, Jeff, what are your picks? What episode is this? 22. This is the first time in 22 episodes that I've been first on a pick. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's always been me, I think. No, I'm just, and I don't have a pick. No, just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> so this sort of relates to what you were talking about, Chuck, with the brochure, some of the follow-up materials that uh, she says you need to have the success ingredients. And uh-huh. the one book that I thought put this together really well is um, Duct Tape Marketing. And yeah. he's got a follow-on, like the... 
the duct tape marketing kit or whatever, but it talks about all these different assets that you need and you either have them on paper or have them on the website, but like uh, your, your clients and testimonials and case studies and how you work and who would you be right for and who would you be wrong for. And then uh, he goes through and says, based on who you're trying to talk to, you basically have these things to choose from and you combine them together and give them. So you customize it a little bit for whoever you're trying to follow up on. And that's at one point I've tried to do that on my website and I've got to get back to it. But just filling out all these different pieces. So if, if someone's trying to contact you and you've worked on a system similar to the system that they want built or solves a similar problem, then you could include that in part of your marketing and say, hey, Check out how I work and this case study on something that's very close to you. But it's one of the better books in figuring out what your marketing kit, air quotes, should should include. Yeah, sounds good. Um, Eric, what are your picks? Yeah, I'm going to second Jeff's there. I mean, Get Clients Now, Book Yourself Solid, and Duct Tape Marketing. Those three books are like my marketing books. Like if I have a question, I go to those things first now. Um, but my pick this week, it's a book I got called Business Model U. Um, if you've read Business Model Generation, Business Model U is kind of the same thing, but instead of looking at it as like a business, it looks at you, like your personal life, your work life, your career, hobbies, all that stuff. Um, I mean, I've joked with Jeff. I mean, it's basically a book that tells you and helps you figure out like what you want to be when you grow up. So it's it's interesting. Um, the exercises in it are extremely hard because they're all like, what what is the, your core essence and really really deep thinking stuff. That's like you do one and you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm I, I don't want to look at this anymore. But I've looked at it a little bit, or I've read it, but I've worked through a little bit of the things. And actually, found some kind of glaring holes that I want to work on. Um, and especially if you're freelancing. Your freelance life is a lot of your personal life and some business life. Like it's hard to separate them. So even if your business is really like almost perfect, if you're having problems in your personal life, that's going to leak through like crazy. Um, so I think this would be a good book for freelancers to kind of take a look at and maybe think about like, okay, maybe maybe I can mold my business a little bit better to make my personal life, you know, more how I feel and what I want. Huh. And I sounds interesting. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. I've looked through the pages Eric told me that are the exercise I should do, but it's, <clears throat> it also feels like it's a, <clears throat> man, it also feels like it's a way to focus your business. And that's one of the things I didn't talk about uh, with the Gig Clients Now system, but it's really hard to apply the system if you're focusing on too many things. If all you want to do is be a freelance Rails consultant or iOS developer, whatever it is, then it's fairly easy to focus the system and follow the system. But if you want to do that and create a podcast network that may or may not become self-sustaining and may or may not replace some portion of your freelance business, I mean, then it becomes you're trying to market two different things or you have you right. keep splitting your focus. And so I'm hoping Business Model U is going to try to help me figure out exactly, like Eric said, what, it, what I want to do when I grow up so I can focus on the one thing instead of trying to split my focus across four or five things. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. So my pick, my first pick is, um, it's a plugin for Chrome. It's called Speed Dial 2. Um, and love it. Oh, do you have it? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It, I, I am trying to figure out the best way to describe it. It's just, if you have Safari and you've ever opened up Safari new and it shows you thumbnails of all the pages you've either visited or if you've never gone anywhere that Apple suggests 
It's like that, but you customize it. Right. Yeah. And the, the nice thing is, is it has, I think they call them dials. I think I'm more as tabs, but you can create multiple like context for the different, um, the different uh, pages that you put in there. So you can put in, so for example, mine, it has um, clients, it has dev sites, which is just the development versions of the websites I'm working on. Um, I've got a section for podcasts and then I have the home dial, which is just the, the things that I kind of hit the most. So when I open it up, I just want it to show the things that I'm, you know, kind of going after the, the most frequently. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's so nice. It's just really handy. It works off of a screenshot, but you can put in custom images if you want. So, um, a friend of mine, he actually goes and like, if he's doing Gmail, um, then he'll go and he'll do a screen capture of just the Gmail logo. And then he'll use that image as the, um, as the image in the little box that it puts the website in. But yeah, otherwise what it does is it'll actually just use a screen grab of the, of the website and you know, it works pretty good. I really, really, um, I really like it just because it's so convenient. I just open a new tab. They're all right there. So if I need to go to the bank website, I just I just click on the, the bank uh, logo and there we go. So yeah, I downgraded from Canary, which is like as bleeding edge as you can get without jumping over to just normal Chrome because I was tired of the white screens of death for JavaScript sites that will never load. And doing that, my profile was synced to a version of Chrome that was greater than normal Chrome, so I couldn't get all that stuff back, so I lost everything. Oh. And that that was devastating. But I did, I had a tab for every client. Because, so I have a client that has a wiki and a couple build servers and oh, various different sites. So I, I had a tab per client and then all their junk was just under one tab. I like that idea. I might change the way that I'm attacking it. But yeah, it's, it's really convenient. I'm using Chrome Canary and it works fine. And you can actually get it to sync between multiple computers. And then you have to pay like a one-time $5 fee or something. And then it'll work forever for you or something. But uh, <laughs> really handy. See, and I did some. I've done something like that. It's a lot more low key and web developerist because I'm running Apache on my laptop for sites, and I have a homepage set to my laptop, which is just an HTML file, and I, you know, just edit like these are the links. Like right now, I have links to different Rails docs, the Twitter Bootstrap API. Then I have links to different VMs and servers, and then all that. And it's just you know, it's an HTML file, so I just go and edit it. Like if I get a new client, just edit the links like normal. I've done this for shoot. Nine, ten years. I like forever. So if you want to do all the work yourself, do it Eric's way. If you don't, then get speed dial too. Or if you ever want to switch browsers and oh, speed dial doesn't work on Firefox or whatever. You know, HTML works on almost every browser last time I checked. Almost every browser? Oh like except yeah, for IE. I, I get it. Yeah, IE six you have problems rendering HTML. It just doesn't like links, I guess. <laughs> all right well um i think that's it we'll go ahead and wrap this up um thanks for coming again guys i i, I really enjoy doing this show every week talking to you guys i feel like i get a lot out of it so oh um, shucks well and i get a lot of positive feedback from our listeners too so i know i'm not the only one but anyway um we'll wrap this up we will be talking next week about let me pull up my calendar time allotment tracking time and something yeah time allotment time allotment experiment oh somebody wanted us we might have to push this one off but somebody wanted us to keep track of all of the time that we spend on um the things that we work on so not just the billable time but the other time like the admin time so how much time you spend um doing um administrative stuff um blogging working on open source um sending invoices all that kind of stuff i'd love to eric probably already does i would love to yeah 
five years of data for this. Yeah, he said that in his comment on this one, he said that he had a whole bunch of data. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and set things up so I can do a whole lot more detailed tracking of this and then and then we can talk about it. Um, rescue time, which is close, but I would still have to go back through and try to figure out what I was doing on the browser. I guess it captures pages, so I... I know if I was goofing off or doing something real, but yeah, so it should be interesting. Um, we'll, we'll try and do that next week, but we might have to push it off if we want more data or need a little bit of time to set things up. So anyway, we'll wrap this up. We'll catch y'all next week. Thanks for listening. Take care. Later.